I V M. Hi, I'm Utsav, a behavior researcher by training and a slow traveler by passion. Postcards from Nowhere is a travel podcast where I condense a decade of travel experiences and explore not just the where but also the why and how to travel. My stories emerge from slow traveling the less explored parts of the world: Bosnia and Herzegovina, Armenia, Uzbekistan, and even China. At the end of each story, I give practical tips and new ideas about how to travel better. This week, we travel to Japan and uncover the strange reality of the country. A country where the streets have no names. I want to run, I want to hide. I want to tear down the walls that hold me inside. I want to reach out and touch the flame where the streets have no name. These are the lyrics of a song released in 1987 by the Irish band U2. The song Where the Streets Have No Name is a staple in the live act of U2. But what even many fans don't know about the song is the inspiration behind the lyrics. And for that, we need to travel to the troubled times of the 70s and the 80s in Ireland and Northern Ireland. The Troubles were an ethno-nationalist conflict in Northern Ireland that lasted for about 30 years from the late 1960s to 1998. You can check out episode 146, The Troubles, Terry Girls and the Cranberries. for a quick understanding of the conflict as ireland northern ireland constantly clashed belfast the capital of northern ireland became a fortified city the city was divided on religious lines the minority catholics and the majority protestants everything was segregated schools homes grocery stores and even hospitals the lead vocalist of u2 bono who wrote the lyrics of where the streets have no name told a magazine in an interview In Belfast by what street someone lives on you can tell not only the religion but tell how much money they are making literally by which side of the road they live on because further up the hill the more expensive the houses become Bono wrote this song from a desire to see Ireland free of conflict 11 years later his wish eventually came true in 1998 with the signing of the Good Friday peace accords In 2022 I spent a day walking around Belfast and the segregation still stands. Most areas and districts of Belfast still reflect the divided nature of Northern Ireland as a whole. Many areas continue to be highly segregated along ethnic, political and religious lines, especially in working class neighborhoods. These zones, Catholic on one side and Protestant on the other, are invariably marked by flags, graffiti and murals. But what if I told you that a place where the streets have no name is not an idealistic notion but a reality not for a suburb or a city or even a state but for the entire country Welcome to Japan There is nothing about Tokyo which confuses most tourists more than the fact that most streets have no names instead of naming its streets Tokyo numbers its blocks Streets are simply the spaces between blocks and buildings in Tokyo are not numbered in the order of how they are laid out but when they were built. If this sounds daunting to you as it does to a very directionally challenged me let me assure you that we are not alone. Even the Japanese themselves 
find navigation challenging. To help people find their way, Tokyo is dotted with Koban, small buildings staffed with police officers familiar with the area and armed with detailed maps and thick directories. This is also a reason why a piece of technology now considered outdated by the rest of the world still thrives in Japan. The fax machine. It continues to exist as it may still be a necessity to send out apps. Smartphones have changed the way people in Japan navigate and yet the Koban still exists. But why again are there no names for streets? 17th century Japan had urban neighborhoods which were broken into rectangular blocks called Cho. The block became the key unit for urban administration and a group of blocks would share a name. Most neighborhoods had a shop where newcomers could ask for directions. The samurai lived in walled compounds on bigger plots that were easy to find simply by asking or by using one of the many maps in circulation. Now for a moment, forget everything I have told you and think about the Japanese language. The bulk of writing in Japanese uses kanji, characters borrowed from Chinese. Kanji are logograms. Each character represents a word or idea. And kanji is not written on lines. Instead, the paper has dozens of square boxes. The paper is called Genko Yoshi and is still used in Japanese schools. Now take a trip down memory lane and think of your school maths notebook. Do you remember the entire page being made up of tiny squares? Genko Yoshi is similar to that. So each kanji is written in one of the squares and stands alone in meaning. Unlike English, it does not need to be arranged in specific ways to make sense. And kanji is written from top to bottom instead of left to right. Barry Shelton, a professor of urban design, began to see how different writing systems of Japanese and English impact the way people see their cities. English was written on rule sheets, and hence, we became trained to see lines. The Western world fixated on streets or lines on the map and insisted on naming them. Much like their writing, the Japanese focused on blocks or areas, and the lines or sheets had little significance for them. Subsequently, neuroscientists found that reading English and Japanese activates different parts of the brain. Researchers now understand that bilingual students with dyslexia can excel at reading character-based languages such as Japanese and Chinese, but would struggle with English. They concluded that we don't just use different parts of the brain to read different languages, the languages we read may also influence the ways we think. In a remote Aboriginal community in Northern Australia, the people speak a language which lacks the words for left or right. Instead, they use directions to describe space. Now consider your experience of traveling in the Himalayas in India. If you have ever asked locals for directions, the most common words you would hear are upar jao ya niche jao, which means go up or go down. You would rarely find them giving directions in terms of right or left, because for them, streets are immaterial. What matters most are the mountains and their slopes and the abundance of dirt tracks which crisscross the mountain landscape. It's around these contours that the rhythm of their daily lives is defined. But come to think of it, how much attention have we paid to the notion of addresses and street names? One of the most beautiful aspects of travel is that it makes us question even the most accepted truths. We often fail to consider that the truth itself is new and created in the living memory of humankind. We must constantly endeavor to slow down and find answers to the fascinating whys we encounter.
If you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IBM network. You can listen to us on the IBM podcast app or ibmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on our social media. We are at IBM Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to reach out to me, I am Utsav Memory on Twitter and YV Travel 42 on Instagram.